Good evening. Welcome to the Revelation Podcast. My name is John, and I would like to thank you for clicking play wherever you clicked play at. You could have clicked it on Spotify, Anchor, or even at Apple Podcasts. And again, I would like to thank you for giving me the time. Now, we are going in a series within a series. This series of Jesus and Exodus began about maybe two, two and a half weeks ago. And yesterday, we started in Exodus chapter 12, which is a chapter about the Passover being instituted. And with that, that is the series within the series. And that is the Passover in Exodus. And like I said, we did part one last night. And we are going through part two tonight. We'll be looking at Exodus chapter 12 verses 9 through 11. And with this part, I like to call it the bread of life. And to see what I mean... I actually will go into Exodus chapter 12 verses 9 through 11 tonight. And with this one, I'll be reading from ESV. And again, I'm in Exodus chapter 12 verses 8 through 11. And if you need to pause it so you can get to your place with your device or your hard copy, then feel free to do so. All right, you unpaused it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat. Moses tells them, do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted. Its head with its legs and its inner parts and you shall let none of it remain until the morning anything that remains until the morning shall burn in this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened your sandals on your head and your staff in your hands and you shall eat it in haste it is the Lord's Passover we see that at midnight that the Israelites ate a lamb that was roasted and they had unleavened bread with it. Well, with them eating the unleavened bread, I want us to focus on Jesus, the bread of life. I mean, that's what that Passover revolved around. Just like the last Passover Jesus was at. And to see how Jesus is in the bread of life. It, Jesus is the bread of life. I'd like us to go all the way at the last book of the Bible. In Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. In this verse, Jesus is speaking to one of the seven churches. And he says to them, He who has an ear, 
let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. In Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 through 7, Then I heard what seemed to be a voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give Him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. The bride in this is the church. These are the ones that have consumed the bread of life. These are the ones that have their names written in the book of life to be invited to the Lamb's Supper. And the Lamb in this passage is Jesus. He is at the center of this great feast. Speaking of feast, when Jesus was on earth, he told a parable that was about a marriage feast. It is found in Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farmer, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry. And he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment, and he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. You see, Jesus has given the invitation to all, and only few have accepted it. In this parable, you know, the king that's inviting people to come is God, and the son is Jesus. The ones that he invited represents the world, 
the world's too busy to come attend to the wedding feast. They think that on their own time that they could just come however they want to. Well, the king was frustrated and he told his servants to go bring the unworthy and go bring the bad people. And these people came and they filled the hall. However, there was one man that had no wedding garment. And so the king asked him, how did he get here without a garment? And the guy was speechless. And that represents people who think that they could get to heaven on their own way. They think that they don't need an invitation and that they could just come however they want to. And in this parable, that proves that is not true. In the last sentence, for many are called but few are chosen. Now, as we're going down about Jesus being the bread of life, I want to look at and see who are the chosen few. And to see that, I want to read from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. This takes place on the night before Jesus' death. Jesus was with the 11 apostles and he was giving him instruct giving them instructions on what to expect. Now Judas has already left. So it was just the 11 of them. And so in what Jesus tells them, we see on uh, what the chosen few are like. All right, begin verse 1 of John chapter 15. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branch are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in me, abide in my love, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. From this passage, we see four things that describe the chosen few. Number one is they abide in Him. 
Number two, by abiding in him, they bear much fruit. And number three, when they abide in him, they have his authority. And number three, they abide by him by following his commands because they love him. At the beginning of this, I read Exodus chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. And God is giving Moses instructions on how to establish the Passover. And in the Passover, we see that the Israelites were eating unleavened bread. And that's where I want to focus in on now. And to do that, I want us to go to John chapter 6, verses 25 to 41. And we will do that. And we will begin John chapter 6, verses 25 through 41 at Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 through 18. The Passover with disciples. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, disciples came to Jesus saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So we see Jesus' final Passover before he is crucified. He is having it with his disciples at a certain house that was prepared for them. And in this certain house, we see the institution of the Lord's Supper. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. Now as they were eating... Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. The bread at the Lord's Supper symbolizes Jesus' body. And later on in the crucifixion, we see how his body was broken. Now, way before the institution of the Lord's Supper... At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He was led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan. With that, I want to take a look at one of his temptations. And then there's Luke chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. And with this, I will read the New King James Version. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, Command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. On that last sentence, I want you to highlight that, and I want you to meditate on that. But by every word of God, man lives on every word of God and I want us to see why by looking at other scriptures from Luke chapter 4 verses 3 through 4 flip to John chapter 1 
verses 1 through 4. And with this, I'll be reading ESV. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. From John chapter 1 verse 4, we see that the words of God gives life. We see that when it says that in him was life. In Romans chapter 10 verse 10, we see that the words of Christ not only gives life to the physical, but also to the spiritual. In Romans chapter 10 verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. In Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved by his word. The words of Christ gives life. Whomever is born of the Spirit has life. And we see that in John chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Jesus tells Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So we have life with the Spirit. We have eternal life with the Spirit. That comes by the words of Christ. In Romans chapter 8 verse 10 says, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. In Romans chapter 8 verse 13 says, But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put the dead's Put to death the deeds of your life, you will live. There you go. We live through the Spirit because the words of Christ gives us life. And in 1 John chapter 5, verses 12 through 13, he who has a son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of Jesus believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So going back to Luke chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, again, it says, man lives on every word of God. We live on every word of God because God's word gives us physical life, like he did in the beginning. And it also gives us spiritual life. When we are born of the Spirit, we have eternal life in the Spirit. Now, whomever is born of the Spirit abides in Him. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, We do not follow Him through the flesh, but through the Spirit which our body follows. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And within that, 
we have truth. And Jesus testified that in the upper room. And we can see that in John chapter 16, verse 13. The Holy Spirit is referred to as a spirit of truth. And he says, the spirit of truth gives us the word to follow him. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. In John chapter 6, verses 25 through 41, is about Jesus being the bread of life. And we are now getting to that. Before getting to this point, I want us to see how Jesus' words are like bread. You know, physical bread satisfies us for a little bit. But it cannot give us life. Only the words of Christ can give us life through the Spirit. In Jesus' bread of life, He offers it to many. And at the end, we're going to see that only a few are chosen because they've accepted Him. Now, what I'm going to do through this is I'm going to break it down. I'm going to go a couple of verses, and we're going to see how other verses fit with John chapter 6, verses 25 through 41. For it was the will... Of the Father for people to receive the bread of life, and that is to believe in His Son Jesus. In John chapter 6, verses 26 to 27, Jesus answered them and said, Most surely I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. The people there wanted to follow Jesus with their flesh. And while going in Romans, we see that we don't follow Jesus with our flesh, but we follow him with our spirit. Our body needs to follow Jesus through the Spirit. In Romans chapter 8 verse 9 it says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So we have to be born of the Spirit. We have to receive the Spirit of Christ to belong to Him. When we belong to Him... We have our names written in the book of life. So in the future, we will be part of his supper. Now, Jesus won them to abide in him and not in the physical food that perishes. And we see throughout the Bible 
that his words are eternal and they give life. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, he says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Again, Jesus' words are eternal. And 1 John chapter 5, verse 12 says, He who has the Son has life. We have life by the Spirit. And those that don't have the Spirit do not have the Son. Therefore, they don't have life. You see, again, throughout the Bible, we live our eternal life in the Spirit. We receive that because Jesus' words has given us life. Now, you know, going back to John chapter 6. Verses 26 through 27. You know, he tells them, Do not labor for food which perishes. In other words, don't work for food, but for the food which endures everlasting life. So we are to endure. We are to endure. everlasting life you know going to John chapter 2 I mean going to John chapter 6 verses 28 through 29 then they said to him what shall we do that we may work the works of God Jesus answered and said to them this is a work that you believe in him whom he sent. So, what shall they do to the works of God? What shall they do to do the works of God? Well, Jesus won the crowd to believe in him so that they could have the bread of life and not just physical bread that perishes. You know, Jesus is a true bread that comes down from heaven and he testifies that in john chapter 6 verses 30 to 33 therefore they said to him what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you what work will you do our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written he gave them bread from heaven to eat then jesus said to them most assuredly i say to you moses did not give you the bread from heaven my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. The crowd still wanted to satisfy their flesh, which is why they wanted another miracle. They wanted their experience to tell others so they can be praised. They still saw that it was the flesh that their fathers received the manna. But Jesus corrects them saying it was his father that gave the bread. And he is now giving them true bread from heaven. The true bread from heaven gives life. In verse 35 he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And again, he who believes in me shall never thirst. 
He is the bread of life that gives life. People that believe in him will not perish. So that is why we will not be empty. We will be filled with the Spirit. Now those that don't believe in him, you know, will have their minds set on the flesh. And Romans chapter 8 verses 5 and 6 testifies that. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set their minds on the flesh is death, but to set their mind on the Spirit is life and peace. There you go again. Through the Spirit, we have life. We receive that Spirit when we believe in Jesus. When we believe in Jesus, we receive Him, the bread of life. We live on His words. And not on physical bread. Now those that live on the flesh. Set their minds on the flesh. And we see what the things of the flesh are. In Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21. Paul writes. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Sensuality. Idolatry. Sorcery. Enmity. Strife. Jealousy. Fits of anger. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We see the mind of the flesh is dead and it leads to death. And we see that in Revelation chapter 21, verses 8. We see all the works of the flesh and we see where it's headed. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. You know, the things of God are are spiritual and we should see that and the only way could we see that is through the spirit for example first corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 therefore i want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit ever says jesus is accursed in other words if people say that jesus is not god then they don't have the spirit And people that don't have the Spirit can't say Jesus is Lord. Only in the Holy Spirit can people say that Jesus is Lord. Our salvation is a special gift from God. How we met Jesus is a special revelation. And the Word of God is a special revelation because it is spiritual. And only ones that have the Spirit could begin to understand it. And the way to understand it more is to be full of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God is a document meant for spiritual people and not for man. And we see Paul explain that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 11 he says, For who knows a person's thoughts 
except the spirit of the person which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. For us to understand the word of God, we have to have the spirit of God that comes by being born of the spirit. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13 through 14 says, And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. They don't understand the Spirit. So the only people that can receive the bread of life and live on the bread of life are those who are born of the Spirit. Now going back to John chapter 6, verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Like in the first Passover in Egypt, God knew who would accept his word through Moses and who would not accept it. who would let me start I had my tongue twisted just a little bit like in the first Passover in Egypt God knew who would accept his word through Moses and who would not he who knows who would accept his son like apostles and who would not I think when I typed this, that somehow there's an auto-type or I kind of missed a word here that might have taken the word out. Let me kind of explain what I just said because I know it sounds a little confusing. I'll just let the Spirit lead me. You know, in the first Passover, Passover in Egypt, God knew who would accept his word through Moses. He knew of which two that were enslaved of Egypt that would go into the promised land. And those two was Joshua and Caleb. Later on, we're going to see that Aaron dies in the wilderness. And Moses, because of his sin against God, did not enter into the promised land. The two spies, Joshua and Caleb, they went into Canaan and they believed that they could receive the promised land. Whereas the other spies did not believe, which is why they had to stay in the wilderness for another 40 years. And they died. However, their children was able to go into the promised land. Their children were led by Joshua. You see, God already knew who accepted his word and who did not. And Jesus, being God, also knew who was going to accept him like the apostles and who would not like the people that Jesus is trying to give the bread of life to. God knows who will accept him. That's why he won't cast them out. But he also knows who will later reject him or harden their hearts. That's why he cast them out. Now, when the many disciples heard about the bread of life, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? 
But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe. There you go again. He knows who would believe and who would not believe. And he also knew who was going to betray him. In John chapter 6, verse 36 in the ESV. After Jesus talked about that he was the bread of life. Whoever believes in him can have it. And you would think, wow, it's very clear. It's understandable. And we understand it because we have received the Spirit. But those who have hardened their hearts because they followed Jesus through the flesh could not see that. And that's why in verse 66, many disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Now, verses 38 through 40, we see the will of the Father. And I want us to take a look at that. In verse 38, For the Son to do what he sent him to do, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So, the one he gave due to him knows who would accept him. Jesus will not lose him. Jesus will raise them in the last day. And again, we see God's will. We see the will of the Father. In verse 38, we see that it was the Father's will for his son to come down to heaven. And in verse 39, we see that it was his will for Jesus not to lose them and his will for Jesus to raise them in the last days. And this is the will of him who has sent me, that I should lose nothing at all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. And in John chapter 6, verse 40, everyone that believes in the Son will have eternal life, and they will be raised in the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him on the last day. So let me go over again the will of the Father. It's the will of the Father for the Son to come down. It's will of the Father for Jesus to not lose those that will believe in Him, and it's his will for Jesus to raise them on the last day. Now, the Jews responded the same way that people that lived in the flesh responds to the gospel. In verse 41, they grumbled instead of believing Jesus. And Jesus declares again, he is the bread of life that gives life to all. Jesus, the bread of life that gives life to all, saves us all in the same way that the blood of the Lamb protected the Israelites from God's judgment. Jesus' words give life. They are not like physical bread that will perish but his words give us spiritual life and we are to live 
on his words through the spirit. That's how we receive and live on the bread of life. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. And tomorrow night we will go to part three of the Passover in Exodus.